my very best to get this job that I so crave. Everybody does their very best to get those jobs that they so crave. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fan Zone Debate. First match post Mayhem at the Multiplex 5. We are back with uh, some regular uh, matches here for you. And uh, we got a good one for you. The next few weeks we're going to be looking at some uh, debut matches. We've got some people debuting. They uh, were just like barging down my door like tim i must debate no i'm kidding they signed up on a post hey uh no i'm very excited about this though uh it's always good to get uh fresh blood on the roster for debate and see what uh someone new could bring to the table and uh we got some good players here today we got bill cariola going up against chadwick whose last web there it is i almost forgot it but i got it uh going up against chadwick webb so very excited about this one kirk you are here to help judge this one. How are you doing, sir? Let me unmute. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Like, like you said, it's always fun to see new people. Um, it's going to be a good match. Bill, you know, we all know Bill could talk. We've seen what he could do. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the situation, how he focuses that. And then um, Chadwick's been around for a while now, but I don't think he's been given an opportunity like this to talk and to, like, let his personality really shine. So I'm excited to see that as well. And I think it's gonna be a fun match. And Brian, you are here as well, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm glad to be here today. Uh, you know, I've been judging for a little while now, and you know, they've all been fun to do. But you know, you kind of hear the same people over and over again. It's like you want to hear some fresh blood, hear some new voices. Yeah, remember when Cody debuted? That was fresh <laughs> blood, right? We had never heard him debate anything before. Uh, no, I actually. So yeah, it's funny because Bill, like we've said. We've seen Bill talk. We've seen Bill play trivia and be quite successful. Um, but we haven't. I haven't seen him debate. If he has in another league, I don't know. But uh, he, I, I'm excited to hear what he can do if he can channel that energy into a debate. But you said Chadwick's been around for a while. Never. I don't know Chadwick. I think I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he signed up for this post. He's asked me about fandom. Maybe I don't know. But I'm excited because I know nothing about Chadwick. So he is a wild card, and in a debate format, to me. That could be really interesting. So I'm excited to see what happens. Let's talk to the players right now, starting with Chadwick. Chadwick, welcome. Hi. Um, Thank you. You signed up on a post. You said, I want to yell at people. Uh, now yeah. You're here, uh, and you're yeah. going up against Bill. What do you know about Bill, and are you excited to play Bill? Yeah, um, you know, specifically for this uh, league, I'm very excited because I have watched uh, quite a few episodes. I really dig the format. Um, it's very different from what I'm used to because I am uh, a little bit like I've played a little bit over in the TMG uh, movie battleground sphere of things. And um, I've, I've been pretty successful over there. Um, so I'm excited to do this format. Not only is the format different, but like the types of questions you guys ask are very different. Like normally, like I'm like, you know, maybe study like whole movies or whole franchises, but this is like, what's the best scene or something like that. I'm like, Ooh, okay. So that's, that's a little bit more like niche. You got maybe have to stretch a little bit there, but Bill specifically, I've only, I think interacted with him twice once on uh, one got to stay. I'm a room Moses um, channel uh, show. Um, and that's where I found out that I think Bill really hates scream. Um, and, uh, you know, spoiler alert that may or may not be uh, a strength that I picked. So, um, I'm interested to see how that one's going to go. Um, the other thing that I, I interacted with Bill on was, uh, rank them where we did like really, really, really bad, but 
fun uh, movies. Um, and I wasn't very good on that one, but he, he loves that type of stuff. Apparently. Um, I know he can really, he can talk a lot. So, you know, I am interested to see how he brings it to the world of debate and to see how I fare in this specific league. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. By the time this airs, uh, you can already check out Bill Cariola on the logged it episode of guilty pleasure movies as well. So there you go. Uh, all right. So Chadwick, thanks for being here. Uh, let's talk, uh, to the aforementioned Bill. Bill, welcome. Um, you love to talk in a hilarious and awesome way. And I love it. And so when you signed up for this, I was like, I need to get Bill a match. Little did I know I was, uh, sending you someone who remembered specifically everything that you hated in life. Uh, so I'm sorry about that, but I'm excited to have you here. How are you doing, Bill? Fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> Oh, so I'm glad you all have full, like video evidence of what's going to be the fucking worst day of my life. So uh, I am furious more so than normal. So uh, uh, this is going to be a fucking evening, kids. So strap in. I'm fucking real bad. So. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, here's how the show is going to work. Uh, there are going to be. Four prep questions based off of categories that the players drafted uh, to uh, one category of fandom, one category of war zone for each player. And uh, they're going to debate the questions that we gave them on those categories before our very souls this evening. Uh, at the end of the question, uh, Kirk, Brian, and I will write on our handy dandy boards who we thought won that point. Best two out of three points uh, votes wins the point and uh, the first person to three points wins the match uh if we're tied after the four prep questions we will go to a bonus speed round question oh no what could that be uh we'll have to wait and find out uh so gentlemen any questions as we get into this match nope all right well in the immortal words of bill cariola let's kick this pig All right, we are going to kick this thing off uh, with your first category, which is going to be the category of the wizarding world. And the question is, what, who is the most annoying character in a wizarding world movie? Most annoying character in a wizarding world movie. Uh, Chadwick, you drafted this. That means you get to go first. So you're going to have one minute to open your argument when you start talking. Normally, I don't like to go uh, negative on Wizarding World because I love it so much. But with this one, I knew exactly who I had to pick. It's Dolores Umbridge. I had to pick her because she does so many things that is like annoying, infuriating, just like one of the worst characters ever. Um, you know, worse in the sense that she pisses everyone off, the audience, the teachers, the students, the centaurs, um, pretty much everyone in this movie she pisses off. Um, what did she do that's so annoying? Um, she basically tries to uh, insert herself into the school, change everything about it, get rid of Quidditch, uh, basically torture students. Uh, she does all of this stuff in the name of, I don't know, she thinks she's right or whatever. But basically the other stuff that's very annoying about her is her mannerisms, her look, just everything about her, her high-pitched voice, 
the little uh, cough that she does when she wants attention, uh, the little smile that she does. Um, you know, everybody basically hates her, and um, yeah, no one is as annoying as she All is. Right. Order of the Phoenix was my movie. Order of the Phoenix was my movie. Strike it from the record. Uh, we are strict over here at Multiplex Fan Zone Debate. Uh, Bill, you have a one-minute opening now. When uh, you just up. if I could have be right before, just one second. Yes. All right. Here we go. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You ready? Now I'm properly ready to talk about it. All right. One minute when you start talking. If there's anything more annoying, it is Lavender Brown. This bitch is just a cancer on the film she's in from start to finish. She is annoying. She is clingy. She is completely not self aware. And just everything about her makes my shit curdle. She is like nails on a chalkboard. I just, it's rare I see somebody not named Miles Teller I want to punch in the face as much as this kid. Fuck do I hate this kid. I don't need the whole time. This kid's annoying. All right. <laughs> About 30, 25 seconds. It's fine. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> What do you got against Miles Teller? Uh, okay. He's a hate the face guy, just like this bitch is. So. Uh, five minute free form. When one of you starts talking, don't talk over each other, or nope. I will come in and uh, beat you with a your category, Cupcake. All right. Absolutely. Bill, I got to say, um, I don't understand the choice. I know some people don't really like Lavender Brown, but I think she's a very underrated character. Um, to me, she's like not annoying like at all. She's just a girl in school who wants to, um, you know, basically be in love, be loved. She's so supportive of Ron Weasley. Uh, she supports him at Quidditch. She goes and to the hospital when he's sick. Um, she's just always there for him. Honestly, I think the way she's treated in Half-Blood Prince is more annoying to me because uh, Ron basically goes and acts like a player. He's like, I could take her or leave her. Maybe we'll be together, maybe not. And then Hermione, she just wants Ron so bad that she just really just never gives Lavender a chance. And the, as horrible as they are to her, I just, I love her arc within the franchise because at the end of the franchise, she dies for everyone. She dies for the school for Hogwarts, and um, honestly, that's I think Lavender is a great character, actually. I know, um, but you're wrong, because okay. not. she's clingy, she's annoying, and that whole thing about the, like him going up the house, the only reason why she's there is because everyone else is there, and she's trying to show up her money, all right? This is a petty, mm -hmm. vapid, insipid little girl. She's 16 years old. She should have more of a head on her shoulders than she doesn't. Do you know how fucked up you gotta be as an individual for Hermione, the most level-headed person in this whole series, oh. to take fucking two all-time dunks on you. And first off, I think you're also conflating evil with annoying, and they're not the same. Umbridge is unsettling. She is unnerving. She is calculating. She is not annoying. Like, evil is not annoying. Those are just, like, you, you fucking, baloney can't be a coke, and evil can't be annoying. That's just how that works. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules, but that's how fucking life is. 
I mean, I definitely see what you're saying. I, I definitely disagree. Um, first, I want to touch on the Hermione thing. Um, Hermione is actually Hermione was pretty annoying from the start. And Hermione like flips out on every, Hermione flipped out on Trelawney. Hermione flipped out on Lavender Brown. I think Hermione has kind of a short fuse a little bit. Um, to go back on uh, the Dolores Umbridge stuff. Yeah, she's evil. I understand that she is definitely, um, you know, annoying though, because not just because of the, the evil things that she does, um, but she she pisses off everybody in the in the movie. Um, so like, as yeah, in, in she's anger inducing, not annoying. Yes. <laughs> Infuriating means very annoying, and that's exactly <laughs> what it is. So like, what she is, she annoys when she's in Hagrid's hut, basically trying to tell him how to do his job. You know, he'll be doing his uh, speech, his, his, his lesson, and then she'll just go <laughs> in like the corner of the room um, in her office where she does like torture people. She has like a bunch of cats on plates just meowing the way she like cleans her little things and all the clothing that she wears and just her the smile on her face. That's so smug. She knows she is right. That is very annoying. You know, what's really annoying when some kind of tragedy happens, some soccer mom's got to think like, oh my God, this is upsetting me too. Let me post something on fucking Facebook because I need to somehow make this about me. And then seeing this rag of a little girl run in, her boyfriend's been poisoned. And her first thought is, why didn't anyone call me? Why didn't anyone think about my feelings? And like, fucking come on, man. Like how detached from reality are you? Now here's the thing about Umbridge. At least... Like Brown, she has an arc over this. Hermione has an arc. Lavender is the Peter Venkman of this fucking universe where she is static and just annoying from stuff. I'm not saying Venkman's annoying, by the way. I'm just saying Venkman is the same person at the beginning of Ghostbusters as he at the end. And the same thing with Lavender. Just every scene she's in, she just sucks the life out of it. I, I told don't. Harry Potter fans. And this was a no-brainer contest. They're amazed that I had to have like answer this. Like Lavender no, Brown's mean, awful. It's not every Harry Potter fan. Maybe there's some, but every Harry Potter fan thinks Dolores Dolores Umbridge is the worst. She's so annoying. She annoys everybody in the franchise. Um, Lavender Brown is a sweet little girl. I don't. The reason why she uh, goes up and says, "Why didn't anyone call me?" is because she's so concerned for Ron. Um, you said Umbridge. Umbridge does not have an arc. Umbridge basically gets Umbridge what starts deserves. kind Hold of Hold on. Feeling, You've been able to talk. Evil. Umbridge basically gets what he she she deserves at the end, but then also she keeps appearing in other movies. She keeps uh pissing people off through other movies. And um Lavender Brown's only in like Lavender five Brown needs to get punched in the face. <laughs> All right, Bill. Uh we're going to start with you. One minute closing when you start talking. Sure thing. All right. I, I can't stress enough how much evil was not annoying. Evil was just evil. Uh, and Staunton is doing too good a job at making you hate her. And that's what she is supposed to do. It's like any good heel in wrestling, you want to see her get her comeuppance. What Lavender Brown manages to do is just... If I got to hear Juan Juan one more time, I am going to take a bat and punch Joanne in the face repeatedly in public for the month of August. Like, it is just unnerving. I can't stand it. So, excuse me while I go vomit, to quote Hermione. Thank you very much. 
And uh, please tip your waitress and fuck off. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to pause for a second. Sure. My internet cut out really, really bad, so I didn't hear anything Bill said. I heard him at the end sit back and slam a drink, uh, so I figured you were done. You're done? You're good? I'm done. Okay. So I will have to go back and listen to him on the replay. We're going to go to Chadwick, um, but I have to go back and listen to what Bill said because I missed all of it. So um, we'll cut back in, and we'll just do that after Chadwick goes then. So. All right, Bill, ending a few seconds early. We are going to move over to Chadwick for his closing. You now have one minute to close your argument when you start talking. Lavender Brown is misunderstood. She's a hero at the end of the franchise. In this one movie, she's barely in it. She's been maybe three minutes of screen time. She says Juan Juan, I think only once. She's always there supporting Ron. Um, you know, I think Hermione and Ron are ridiculous the way that they uh, turn this little girl away. And she's, she's a really sweet character. She just wants love. With Dolores Umbridge, everything about her. I understand he's saying that evil is not the same thing as annoying. I disagree. I think she is infuriating. She pisses off McGonagall. Dude, come on now. She pisses off teachers, centaurs, students, everybody. She tries to change everything. She takes away Quidditch. She tortures Harry. She basically, uh, and everything about her with her little smile, her like uh, throat clearing thing, her little laugh just to get attention. That's what's truly annoying. Uh, and I think that, you know, uh, Dolores Umbridge is just one of the worst characters. Yeah. Time. Okay. Uh, so we will bring in the judges. And I am deaf. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, internet's fun, isn't it? Uh, we're back, and uh, we're gonna get the uh, the judging done for this question. Uh, so I thought this was good. I thought that um, th a lot of this worked for me on both ends. Like this was actually pretty tough for me. Like uh, I, I think that I don't. I actually I went with Bill. I, I did. I thought Bill's closing was probably the weakest part. Just uh, I I don't think he added much to it other than the Juan Juan thing made me laugh. But I thought Chadwick did a good job of kind of taking that down as she only says it a couple times. But um, I I think Bill did a good job of explaining why Lavender is just purely annoying. Kind of using like real world things to explain to me like why that would be annoying, like helping me equate it to be annoying. And I thought he did a really good job of explaining like the the evil versus annoying thing. And I, I think that Chadwick did a good job of explaining the annoying parts about Umbridge, but he also spent a lot of time talking about like the evil stuff she did, which I didn't find annoying. It just seemed evil to me and i thought bill hit on that really well so like yeah the cough thing and like the the cats like sure but like all the other stuff that chadwick was talking about was more on the evil side of it so uh i thought that really worked that that really worked for me although at the end of the day i think i agree with chadwick more i i did vote for bill uh so kirk where are you leaning like um i went the other way i went with chadwick um i feel that they both did well Bill probably picked the right character, um, and I knew when it, as soon as we started talking that this was going to be an all about semantics. 
and Bill brought up the evil versus annoying thing. And I think at that point, Chadwick did a good job to fire off a lot of things that actually were annoying, not just evil. And um, I think Chadwick did a good job of kind of putting a spin on, you know, looking at Lavender from a different light. And I think it's just a matter of, um, of where uh, Chadwick, I think, probably has a little deeper, you know, knowledge of the subject matter. And that worked out to his advantage because he had, you know, more examples of things. Um, so it was close. You know, Bill brought a lot of passion, and uh, he did a good job. But ultimately, went with Chadwick. Okay, Brian, you're deciding this one. Where are you going and why? Well, I honestly don't even remember who Lavender Brown was in this movie. So I had to depend. So, you know, rightfully so, I got to depend purely on the debate and what they were presenting or how I saw this person. Um, I think that uh, I, I know that um, Bill's uh, defense of, of Umbridge or uh, attack on Umbridge was that, um, you know, evil isn't annoying, which, you know, it's, it's true. Evil isn't inherently annoying. But I thought Chadwick came back pretty well from that saying, you know, evil, she can be evil and be annoying as well. And here's all the reasons, it's, you know, she can be annoying too. Um, as far as Lavender Brown, I felt like uh, uh, while she, may, it sounds like she may have done a lot of annoying things, you know, being clean things like that. I think that Chadwick painted a good picture for me of why she wasn't, uh, she may have been annoying in some ways, but she, you know, it was because of the way she was treated. You know, she kind of redeemed herself. You know, she had a purpose. And so I actually ended up going with Chadwick. All right. So Chadwick wins the first point. Um, I do got to say I had to keep this out. Um, don't, don't listen to Chadwick's lies of saying that Lavender Brown uh, uh, died for Hogwarts or anything. You just fucking see her laying there dead. Come on, Chadwick. Don't feed me bullshit. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, Bill's got to respond to that thing because I'm just going by the debate. <laughs> Maggie heard him say that and she goes, what the hell is he talking about? I said he's, he's bullshitting, Maggie. I love it. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into the next category, uh, which is going to be uh, – it was drafted by Bill. This is in the category of musicals. And the question is, what post-1990s musical has the coolest musical number? So, Bill, you get to kick this one off. You got one minute when you start talking. So we all know how much I fucking love a good musical. That's right, I do. So uh, musicals are garbage, and I kind of hate them. Uh, but if I have to go for a musical number that is bar none, the coolest shit I've ever seen, it's turning my life around from Annie of the Apocalypse. And if you haven't seen it, it's a fucking gem. Uh, not only is this song just absolutely catchy as hell, the number is wonderful, and just everybody singing in it is glorious. Um, you have the added bonus of an entire zombie outbreak happening in the background. So while this young girl is just singing about, hey, it's a brand new day, and the mailman's getting his fucking intestines eaten out. Now, if this doesn't scream absolutely 100% in my fucking wheelhouse, I don't know what does, because it is just a absolute delight. And you'll be humming it. For so long afterwards, it's just it's just a real good time, and it's bloody as hell, and I can't believe I didn't think of it already. It's that good. Time. All right. Uh, we're going to move over to Chadwick, who has one minute to open his argument when he starts talking. All right. I had to put on the shades for this one. Uh, for coolest for coolest musical number, I had to go with uh, from West Side, West Side Story 2021 cool i went with this one because yeah i mean in name the title is cool but also i feel like the themes of the uh uh number are very very cool because it, it what what this is is um well first of all west side story steven spielberg directed the shit out of this movie best picture nominated but the number itself 
is basically uh, Tony coming to uh, talk about um, to talk to uh, the the street gang, um, the Jets, to basically say, you know, don't take that gun and go into the um, fight with the sharks. Instead, come hang out with me, smoke some weed, drink uh, drink some beer, and go to the zoo. Um, you know, and then they have like a whole number fighting over this gun. Um, it's dangerous. It's uh, thrilling. The choreography is fantastic. And it's very, very, all of that stuff is very cool. All right. Five minute freeform when one of you starts talking. You pick cool because the question was asking for cool. Wow. You just mm -hmm. must be in some kind of fucking suicide squad, son. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, not for nothing. This was done better than the original. Like yep. most things are in life. Uh, and also, funny enough, Ansel Elgort, number two on guy I most want to punch in the face, uh, just because he is. And in this scene, it really is happening because not for nothing, he's getting circles worked the fuck around him because Mike Vice is a better dancer and a better singer. This whole thing falls apart and feels flat. The reason I why I love mine is because it is funny, it is scary, and it is lighthearted and somehow also dark. Those are three four really different hard things to pull off and this thing manages to like this whole scene is a microcosm for it's like the film within a film it's a mini film itself basically explaining the premise and it's so much fun this is boring i'm sorry son you had 20 30 something years and this is the best you got all right so i'm gonna go and i'm gonna talk now yeah um, go for it go ahead I think *In the Apocalypse is a very, very fine movie. I'm glad that you love it. Uh, this sequence doesn't scream cool to me. It's definitely silly. I will give you that. It's very silly. Um, I think there are some interesting things they do with these zombies, but it fizzles out hard. The second half of this number has almost zero zombies in it. The choreography is very, very basic. Uh, I don't think it was directed that well. I think the zombie, uh, like the zombie makeup and the zombie acting um, were not done very well. And what they do is they kind of betray the seriousness of these zombies. Like they're kind of killing at first, but then they have one basically being uh, uh, hit with backpacks by like two little girls. And I'm like, what is this? Uh, what are you trying to go for here? It feels very uneven. And, um, you know, so it's just not, it's just not cool uh, to me, that, that specific uh, one. For a defense of West Side I mean, Story. come on here. All right. First off, if you, like, okay. all right, you're going to, like, you're going to hit your wagon for the cool thing on Ansel Elgort. That's, that's the way you're going. Jesus Lord, man. I'm sorry. Like, this scene does not work because it's the entire time, everything about it falls flat. Just the acting falls flat because he takes me out of it because he is not that good. And it just shows every time he's got to do anything with Feist. This guy is fucking working a circle around him. So he sings for like 10 seconds and outdoes him immediately. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, wow, fucking Robinson Weiss did it better already. Like, so, and, no, yeah, what? You're going to tell I me they didn't? Go I ahead, totally, tell me they didn't. I totally disagree. See, unlike you, the, unlike the remake, the original actually can won I, Best Picture. Can I say something, buddy? Yeah. I understand. Look, we're not talking about the movie. We're talking about the scene. And I understand. Look, I have to say this. Ansel Elgort, I don't su support him as a person. I mm -hmm. think he's fine in the movie. I really mm -hmm. like Tony as a character. 
I think in this sequence, he does a very, very good job uh, holding his own against all of these fantastic dancers. Like I said, the choreography is fantastic. The music itself, the backing is it's jazz. And it's, um, I think it's jazz white is one people of the cool, jazz. It's I think it's insulting. One of, they are dancing fantastic to it. I think music can be for anyone. I don't think that um, you can really racialize an entire uh, genre. I mean, you can go ahead, culturally appropriate. But anyway, I'm all, all I'm saying. Look, if you want to culturally appropriate, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is the first one. Uh, that's what that was. This one basically elevated everything from the original movie. Um, what I love that Spielberg did with this number is he took it and he moved it from where it was originally after the uh, whole thing about the battle with the Jets and the Sharks. So here's the he, thing. He, they didn't on, elevate. No, you've talked for two fucking minutes, man. Time by yeah. time here. All right. He didn't elevate anything. He barely couldn't even improve upon the original source material. Disagree. Uh, disagree all you want, but I'm fucking right. And the Oscar says I'm right. It does not. Just because it's not it as good as the original. Picture. It's not as good as the original. And it's at least in my number, I have two actually capable singers and dancers that are working together. And everything They're not just doing works. that great the of a job. Works. The song's kind hey, of... Hey, you know, it's my up. time to talk now, bud. Go ahead. Thank you. I got two talk. capable people in my scene. You got maybe one. Maybe. I got a whole crew of people doing a fantastic The scene job. rests on two people too. and one of them isn't doing it. And Ansel Elgort is a good actor. Like, Ansel you know, Elgort not a great person, but he's a good ass. actor. Look at Baby Driver. Look at Fault in Our Stars. The dude is a good actor. He's great as Tony. Um, and I oh love my the God, you were shitting in my mouth and Tony. calling it a I, Sunday. I, Are you serious right now? Because I need oh my God, you're me the whole time. <laughs> Time. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> All right. Um Chadwick, we're gonna start with you. One minute when you start talking. Look, I mean the only thing that he could really talk about is Ansel Elgort the entire time because he knows that mine is a really fantastic scene, a very fantastic number. Um, it was done originally in the 60s, but then I think uh, Steven did so much better with this one. He moved it so that thematically, it's one of the coolest things that a friend can do for another friend is to stop them from going and facing the sharks with the gun. And Riff dies because of this. So, you know, he wanted to do the cool thing and help out a friend. It has jazz. It has these a street gang that's dancing that they're doing fantastic the choreography is way better than Anna and the apocalypse no one really talks about Anna and the apocalypse because it's trying to do what Shaun of the dead did so many years before and it just doesn't do it as a great as a great job it the zombies are only in half of the number and then the rest of the number is just them just like nah, 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 and it's just like not really that interesting of a scene in general or a movie to be honest um yeah and mine is just cool as hell time okay uh, let's move over to Bill, who has one minute when he starts talking. Colorizing It's a Wonderful Life doesn't make it better. And then remaking a Best Picture winner doesn't make it better. Steven Spielberg has shown in the past he has some holes in his game. And uh, I don't know, maybe the fact that even he couldn't make a fucking Jurassic Park sequel that actually works. Uh, he is not up to task here, and it shows in this scene because it's better than the original. And you can harp on that all day you want, but the hardware speaks for itself. One of them won an Oscar, and one of them couldn't come up short. The scene doesn't work. Mine works instantly. It's still funny. It's still entertaining. It's still just frightening. Both Ella Hunt and Malcolm Cumming are fucking working circles together. They're a great team. They are like you just 
fall in love with their characters, just everything about it works, and then the whole thing comes crashing to a halt when they almost get bit by a zombie. Nothing is not improved with zombies added in. It's fucking great. I am not wrong about this. This movie's a delight, and if you don't think so, you're dead inside. Also, uh, you know, just the original was better. Original was better. Strike it from the record. Uh, okay, <laughs> we're gonna bring in the judges. All right. Bill, why'd you pick musicals if you don't like musicals? Because I already knew I was going to hate everything about it, so I might as well shit my pants and dive in and swim. Enough people have made him study them that now he knows them back and forth. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, are we good, judges? All right, Brian, you're going to kick us off on this one. Um, yeah, well, for, for me, I'm, most of this debate was was made in the opening and closing arguments. The middle was just a lot of yelling over each other and just kind of lost track of everything going on in there. Um, but uh, for me, I think that I actually I went with Bill on this one um, because, I mean, he gave me a good picture of why an apocalypse is cool. Um, whereas I think that Chadwick got a little caught up. He's talking about the choreography and the direction and all these things and it, it, that you know might make it why something is a better made film but not necessarily what makes this scene cool. And like, and, and when he tried to attack uh, in Apocalypse, he was talking about, well, the kids, you know, take away from the seriousness of it. And it's like, this has nothing to do with the coolness of a scene. So I just thought that, that Bill argued the cool uh, angle better. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Um, if I was being very biased and uh, uh, giving my personal opinions, uh, Anna and the Apocalypse is a bad movie. Cameron Holtzman, you are dumb. Uh, I'm glad he wasn't here. He was supposed to judge this originally. And then uh, I swapped him out for Brian. So that was probably for the best. Uh, and uh, West Side Story is really fucking good. But I did go with Bill because I thought Bill... I agree with Brian. I think that Chadwick... I think Chadwick did a good job and clearly knew what he was talking about. But again, I think it was just a little misguided in the sense of talking about the choreography and the direction. And I thought Bill when we got into the like um Ansel Elgort stuff he did the he basically made Chadwick fight a fight that wasn't the question and started getting Chadwick really riled up about uh Ansel Elgort and jazz and how many Oscars the movie won instead of talking about which scene was cooler and i thought bill aptly explained why his scene was uh cool and why the other one wasn't kirk looks like he strongly disagrees with me so yeah i don't know what debate you guys are watching chadwick right away with this um oh. well first of all supportive fight fights are hard um these guys used a lot of adjectives i think they used cool the least so nobody made a great argument for coolest um but i think bill's the one that got tripped up bill's talking about oscars and remakes and jurassic park um, you know, Chadwick at least was giving me some things. He's talking about music and choreography focused on his scene. I think, I, I think Chadwick got robbed here. No, oh, fair. All right. Well, that's why we got three judges. So, uh, we are all <laughs> tied up one to one as we get into the next question, which is going to be, uh, drafted by Chadwick. This is in the category of horror films. And the question is, what is the best kill in a scream movie. Uh, so Chadwick, you are going to get to go first on this one. You got one minute when you start talking. 
The Scream franchise is filled with amazing kills. Um, the one that I went with was the Marine Evans kill from Scream 2, played by Jada Pinkett Smith brilliantly. I love this kill so much because Scream 2 had so much to work against because of the fantastic nature of the original Scream. But I think what they did with this is so great is that they created the uh, stab, the in-movie stab franchise that's based on Scream. Um, and then what we get is we get this uh, couple that's going to see this movie. Um, and then Maureen Evans basically gets killed by the killer who's impersonating her boyfriend that was killed in the bathroom earlier and the performance that we get from Jada Pinkett during this kill. We get to see the kill from beginning to end, from when she's stabbed to when her eyes are glossed over dead. And then we get a couple seconds before the credits seem to fo really focus on her performance and she crushed this. Um, this is just like the best kill in all of screen. All right. Uh, let's move over to Bill, who has one minute to open his argument when he starts talking. So I went with uh, Drew Barrymore's in the first one. So now when I first saw the trailer for Scream when it was coming out in theaters, I remember very vividly at that moment, there's the phone call and Drew's on the phone and the guy's like, so tell me like what's your name? He's like, why is it? Because I want to know who I'm looking at. And this weird chill fills the room. And I remember seeing that and just, just, what an amazing tense scene that few people like Wes Craven could do of uh, just the te like, tension just keeps on escalating. And it's this just diabolical cat and mouse. And then just the absolute kill comes in. And then this series takes a shit for the next five films because they fucking suck. And I hate this franchise. So it was kind of a downhill slope after this one. I think it's probably why I look so finely on this moment and what a fantastic scene it is. It really is. I mean, you got Drew Barrymore, who's like acting the hell out of it. I just love everything about it. It's just so tense, so tight, so well done. Kudos to all involved on this one specific thing, just to be clear. All right. Uh, five minute free form when one of you starts talking. Well, I mean, like we definitely differ on our love for Scream. That's okay. Um, Bill can think what he thinks. Um, I agree with you, Bill. I think this is a great scene. Obviously, it's the classic one. Mm -hmm. However, um, honestly, you know, the scene is great. I think the kill is probably the least interesting thing about it. I think the cat and mouse stuff that you're talking about, like the phone conversations, are very interesting, but you never actually really see this kill actually happen. You see her get stabbed quite a few times. And then you get to see her hanging from a tree. You don't get to see the light actually leave her eyes. And that's what I love about the Scream 2 kill is because she plays this out, man. She goes up on the stage. She's in this packed theater. I think it sets stakes for uh, the killer just being so bold to basically um, kill in front of all these people. I love what it says about horror fans. So and I here's love the thing about horror, and I, I'm going to chime in now. Um, sure. There's one trope I hate more than anything else, and there's a lot. Uh, it's kill the fucking black people first. So in all of this franchise, you went with the most racist shit in it. You went with this one. This whole scene is terrible, and I hate it. It's contrived. First off, you're talk you you explain all, if you would have throw out all my other stuff, then we gotta throw out all your other stuff because you were just like, oh well, all the cat and mouse stuff, and then yeah, like here we go, but we gotta get rid of that, and then 
I got to do the same with yours. So if we just look at the microcosm of the actual kill, it's just she gets stabbed in the theater and the whole thing is mean. She's written terribly. The scene is terrible. She is coded to be annoying and awful and you're supposed to be happy when she dies. And I am not a fan of that. That is just me. I have no stakes if I want to see this person go. I don't want to see Casey get killed because I'm actually invested in her story. Like I'm actually Nobody. invested in that little story. Go ahead. Nobody's, no, it's your show. Go ahead. nobody's happy when Marine gets killed. Um, I don't know where that's coming from. I think the scene has acted incredibly. And I'm not saying get rid of everything in your scene. I think it's just the question is not what's the best scene. It's what's the best actual kill. I do think the scene stuff does pepper it up. And I love that my kill uh, right when she's getting killed includes your kill. It's a reenactment of your kill played by Heather Graham in the background. That's in the background while she's being uh, killed. She gets stabbed and she has like this uh, slow uh, crawl, kind of like yours, but a little bit different, slow crawl to the stage. But I love how the camera focuses on her the entire time until she collapses dead on the stage. She has like two phases, she collapses and then collapses dead. And then her eyes are glossed over and it's so creepy the camera lingers on her for like two or three seconds until scream two comes up it's fantastic i just before i let you talk i just want to um throw in the counterpoint about the um uh, black people being killed actually the movie's basically saying that uh black people in general or african americans i should say in general are not really uh represented in um horror and that's actually what they're trying to say is we're representing uh, people now. And I think getting uh, an actress of the quality of Jada Pinkett Smith in there to perform this was a great choice to uh, basically have Scream 2 be as great as, as it is. Well, first off, it's also considered one of the weakest ones, and it's upon reappraisal. By who? Dude, my time. Thank you. Go ahead. All right, cool. I let you fucking go on. Lots of people, especially for this. It's not representation if you're just going to do the same shit that's been happening for decades, but... That's besides the point. And you even said it yourself. They're emulating my scene. That's how good my scene was. Like, your scene is just trying to ape it and not doing a very good job of that, too, because it's still not close. And here's the thing, and this is why it was so good in the first one, is because when everyone went into that theater, we were all like, oh, my God, well, here we go. Well, here's Drew Barrymore. Here's the star of the film. Holy fuck, they killed her in five minutes. Where are we going from here? Granted, it drove off a cliff and went nowhere because this whole fucking series is horse shit. But that whole scene, front to back, was fantastic. And it was so good, they decided to try to do it again. Just made it a little more racist and not as pleasant. I'm sorry. There's nothing I like about Scream 2, especially that whole front, front scene. Everything about it is just mean and nasty, and I don't like it. Mine was very well done constantly raising the stake it's constantly escalating i think we have the, the phone call then we have the boyfriend getting tortured and then we have her trying to get away and then have her trying to run i, I mean, think I'm sorry, the you're iconic, not confident i think the iconic nature of your entire scene i'll, I'll talk in my time okay um bill we're gonna start with you you have one minute when you start talking i mean you know you did something right if your next movie has to basically try over again um, but you're, they're not getting it done. I mean, he even said it. Like, they, it was so classic and iconic, they had to do it again. But not a fan of, like, racist tropes, and I'm also not a fan of characters written poorly, just like Jada Pinkett was, and I don't like anything about it because it's just mean and nasty and awful. And at least in my scene, 
which I still say is the best thing about this whole fucking franchise because it's dog shit awful, but it's pitch perfect. It's just a great escalation. It's just like tension. You feel it all throughout. This guy is just playing mind games with this poor girl and you're rooting for her. And then the surprise of the century, they knock out this person who was all over the commercials and the art and everything who we could have swore like this was going to be the main person and this movie pulls the rug out from on you. That's what makes this kill so impressive. It completely set everything off and you did not know what to expect and what to expect was dog shit garbage. All right. We're going to move over to Chadwick who has one minute when he starts talking. I mean, Bill's trying to rest on like the iconic nature of Scream uh, you know, the marketing of the original movie, but like it loses something as it goes on. As you know that she dies in the movie, the filmmaking of it is not that great uh, when it actually gets to the kill. The slow motion is kind of corny. And then it does that little like early 2000s, like saw thing that happens that feels very dated nowadays. Um, the reason I mentioned that it they do it again in Scream 2 is because that's what Scream does. It's meta. It's creating an end a franchise that sets up, uh, you know, how the rest of the film is going to go. And Jada Pinkett really sells this. I don't buy any of the whole racist stuff that he's trying to sell because it is not a racist movie. Um, Jada Pinkett um, is respected in this movie. She has one of the best kills. No, sorry. The best kill in all of the Scream franchise. And she acts it. And you get to actually see the actual kill. You don't really get to see that in the original Scream. Time. Okay. So we will bring in the judges. All right. We have our picks. I'm ready. Of judges. Okay. Uh, Kirk, you're going to kick this one off. All right. All right. Um, I will Chadwick. Um, I think I've been there before in Bill's shoes before. I've, I've made the mistake of letting my personal disdain for a topic um, overwhelm my, you know, arguments. Um, and I think that's what happened here. I think Bill just hates screen too much to, to see this clearly. I think Chadwick did a really good job of focusing on the kill. Uh, you know, Bill talked a lot about the iconicness of the, the scene and the idea of Drew Barrymore. Um, but I liked, uh, you know, Chad, Chadwick being very specific about, you know, the light leaving her eyes and seeing that. Um, I think he just painted a much stronger picture of what made his kill better than Bill did. All right, uh, Brian, you're going next. Yeah, um, Bill did a good job of uh, explaining why his is, you know, was was the most surprising and shocking death, you know, with Drew Barrymore, because like I said, she was supposed to be, you know, the star of the movie and, and it might be more iconic. Um, I actually, I went with Chadwick as well, though. Um, first of all, I didn't, I didn't buy into the whole racist angle, and I think Chadwick was smart to not get pulled into those weeds on this one. He kind of made one comment on it and let it slide um, off the side and didn't, didn't let him get pulled in, mired up in that. Um, but I mean, when he described how his, uh, you know, is it kind of embraces the meta aspect of the screen movies, you know, because the people watching the film and they watched her get stabbed and, you know, didn't even realize it was real at first. And, and just how, and again, how you get to watch her die on stage and they all, you know, basically cheering at the end. So I thought he did a good, a jo good, uh, job of describing why his was better. Yeah. Um, Chad or Chadwick wins the point. Then I also went with Chadwick pretty much. You guys summed it up. I thought Bill did a good job. Again, if this was best scene or best um, most surprising moment or iconic opening of a horror movie or something, anything like that, I think I think Bill did a really good job of explaining why his scene is is a good, great 
scene, but as a whole, I think Chadwick just did a a better job overall of why the kill itself um, works in the franchise, works uh, in the movie, uh, great performance, uh, everything. I thought he just did an overall way better job on this one, but thought Bill did great uh, nonetheless. So especially for something that he that he hates oh so dearly. So uh, which. Bill, I love you, but I don't understand. I like those movies. Uh, well, actually, three sucks, but everything else I like. Anyway, uh, we're going to take out the judges, and we're going to move on to the final prep question because this is the fourth one. Can, I, can I get one quick pause? Just want to grab a drink. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so we're going to move on to the final question. Bill needs to hit this in order to send it to the speed round. Uh, so this is uh, drafted by bill uh this is the category of james bond and the question is what is the best action scene in a roger moore james bond film so um bill you are going to get to kick this one off you have one minute when you start talking uh let it be known i am a roger moore apologist just to be clear and i was going to give myself something fun to talk about and this the thing I like about the more Bond films is just the stunts and the action. And it was a constant escalation. And I think it perfectly peaked in the plane jump from Moonraker. Now, if you haven't seen this, it's an incredible scene. Basically, Bond gets thrown out of a plane without a parachute and has to have a midair dogfight with a guy to get one. And also Jaws shows up. And it is just one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, it. It is just like so insane because this is before special effects. This is before like CGI. So they literally had to jump out of a plane, literally with no parachute, literally like film this. And it is one of the craziest stunts probably ever done. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It is just like pulse pounding, watching this happen. It's like two minutes of adrenaline and it is bar none the best action scene in a Bond film from war. Yeah. Okay. I'll move over to Chadwick. You have one minute, sir, when you start talking. Well, for mine, I went with another really great one um, that I think is the best. It is the Union Jack parachute jump from The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, I think that it, one is great because I think it encapsulates what uh, Roger Moore actually most feels like. It's very silly, um, but it's also pretty damn badass. Um, I love that it starts out with the, James, I need you. Uh, she's like sleeping with some girl. Um, turns out she she's bad. And then he goes, so does England. And then he ha he has this whole like mustard and ketchup get up. And then he just goes out on the slopes. Um, I love how he's skiing down. I love the cuts to him. That looks like kind of cheesy, uh, see, uh, tongue in cheek CG, uh, not CGI, but green screen. Um, I love the uh, the barreling down high speed skiing. I love how he uses a Bond gadget a ski thing as a gun that's really fantastic sets up really great things for later and then the final jump is fantastic and i'll talk about that in a second okay. all right all right guys five minute free form when one of you starts talking so the thing about mine is and this is why i love it it is like a perfect encapsulation of the more era bond uh because it's like the whole playful opening with him and the him and the stewardess and like oh my god let's do this and then it turns into a fight on a plane and then all of a sudden he's just like out in the midair without a parachute and i i feel like they did that a lot with more and it was like constantly trying to one-up themselves like all the time i understand what you're saying about yours and i think they improved it here 
tenfold. Because yours is like it it leans a little too silly for me. Like like the like and plus that banana yellow suit has aged so poorly. It is just hideous, and I can't stand looking at it. And uh, that's why like my like yeah, it's barely goofy, but it leans more into the all right. This is the situation, man. It's very dire. Not to mention my scene has Jaws, who's like the fucking greatest Bond villain probably ever, and everything is improved once Jaws shows up. That is just my opinion. I don't. Know well, I mean, like for me, I, okay, I, I get it. I think yours is 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 uh, good. I really enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching mine more. Um, going over to the the Jaws thing, I mean, it's not like he talks or anything, and it's not like this sets up really anything for the rest of the film. I don't think it's one that just basically uh, just happens, and it's just another like Bond versus Jaws thing. Mine actually sets up like a whole thing. The guy he shoots with the Bond gadget, which I don't think there's any Bond gadgets in yours, um, which I think is really cool for mine, um, is that it sets up stakes later where um, the woman that he partners up with ends up being like her like husband or her wife, his wife or something like that. And then it sets up like a whole rift between them. Um, but also I want to get into, because yours has a really cool uh, free fall thing, but mine also has a, re a really cool free fall thing that I think is even better. And the reason why I think mine is better um, after all the really cool ski stuff is because you actually get everything in camera. You just get him uh, jumping up a thing, falling. You're like, is he going to make it? I don't know. Um, and then like all of a sudden the parachute opens up it's got a British flag on it. It's got perfectly timed music. And you're like, yes, he made it. And um, I, I just love that so much. With yours, I think they just shot so much like dailies with the skydiving sequences that they had to like edit it really weird. And the the Jaws guy, the, uh, the stunt double for the Jaws guy. Yeah, so we, here's the thing. All right. Because um, I'm a big fan of special effects of films. I didn't learn about these things. Okay. Well, it's impressive. They had to get yours. They got yours in one shot because they had to get it in one shot because that's the only way they could get it. In mine, they literally had to invent a new type of parachute that did not exist on the planet Earth. When they sketched this whole thing out and they were like, okay, we need a parachute that actually hides under clothes. Does that exist? They're like, no, we got to make one. And they literally made it. And they could only shoot this in five minute increments and they had to get creative in the editing and they had to get creative with like the whole process and planning took three weeks to do. And it shows this is glorious craftsmanship on the screen here of, we have to make this look as believable as possible. And here are the uh, roadblocks that are in the way. These guys literally invented it. How many times has this scene been aped in films now ever since? A lot. They literally just did the whole same thing in Black Widow of jumping out without a parachute. This has been done to death now, and we have this movie to thank for it. While yours is okay, mine is the next logical evolution and why the scene works as well as it does. And it's just so great. Not to mention, Josh shows up for the whole rest of the fucking film. What are you talking about? He's like, it, of course it leads to this. I'm talking thing. about your scene specifically. Yeah, no, he does. It leads to Jaws in the whole film. He is fighting him throughout the whole film, but that has nothing to do with anything. You can throw that in there all you want. The point is, the whole thing is amazing. It is just, this is, could be taught in a class on how to do an action scene front to back. Yeah, it is I mean, great. 
Yeah, I mean, I love that you love it. I think from a technical standpoint, you have a point. Like it's, you know, if it's groundbreaking, it's groundbreaking. It has some stuff they invented. That's really cool. I don't think that they brought it all together that well. I think the way it is edited kind of just throws you off when you want to have a like brilliant like skydiving sequence like that. You want to have it to where it's more fluid. I feel like it's so choppy all over the damn place. And not to mention, like I said, the um, Jaws stunt double looks nothing like Jaws. So I'm like, wait a second, how many people are even in the air? I can't even tell what's going on. The Bond stunt one. double looks nothing like Bond. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. No, in yours, it doesn't look like him at all. And you can well, he's see wearing, it. He's wearing like a hat and a mask and all this stuff. It's way less noticeable. I think mine also is like really silly. And I think that's a strength. Yours is mine. an appetizer. Mine is a filet mignon. Serious. That's how that works. All right, uh, Chadwick, we're going to start with you. You got one minute to close your argument when you start talking. I know Bill's trying to say, like, well, this was the first one. It set the standard. But I just – I think it's been done better. You know, if you have to cut all of these dailies and, like, actually make, like, a to bring a scene together, I think they did a great job with a lot of the technicals. But actually, like, bring it together in a perfectly edited scene, I do not think this is. I think everything with mine perfectly encapsulates uh, Roger Moore, the 70s. It's got the 70s music as he's barreling down. He does a cool, like, 180 twist. Shoots a guy, keeps on skiing, he does his jump, he nails it with the parachute, you get the perfectly timed everything. Um, and I just love like how it starts with the scene. It's like, you know, Bond's going to go, he's going to support England, he's going to be there and do his mission. It's exactly what he says. It's like, you know, Bond, I need you, so does England. I just love all of the tongue-in-cheek nature of it. And I just think his was poorly done and you can't really tell what's going on a lot of the times. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the stunt double for Jaws, I'm like, wait, is that supposed to be Jaws? That didn't look like him at all. Time. All right. We're going to move over to Bill, who has one minute to close his argument when he starts talking. You know, you did something right when films that are getting made in like 2019 and 2020 are still copying what you're doing. And that's how I know the jump without a parachute scene works it is really awesome the fact that they had to create all the equipment they had to invent specific parachutes to pull this off and the fact that like they had to shoot all of this film and they managed to make it all work and it looks believable from start to finish and while the other one is okay it's fine i mean it rests on a one note joke and that's it it's up here's the flag and that's it and this one involves like a, a mid-air fist fight with two different people in air like this is how you do an escalating fight this is just amazing i'm sorry this is just this is why i love the more bonds as much as i do and this is a perfect encapsule of why they cartoonishly make all these things over the top and he makes it look effortless and cool god bless you roger more rest in peace thank you time okay bring in the judges <laughs> Okay. Um, are we ready? Hold on one second. Okay. Got a pencil and bill sucks. And here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm being funny. All right. I'm ready. All right. Um, 
I promise I don't hate you, Chadwick. Uh, I voted for Bill. <laughs> you uh, voted for him last round, of course you did. I know, but I, 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 I always feel bad when I like I, I vote for one over the other too much. I, I don't want anyone to think I hate them, but I did vote for Bill um, because um, I thought that I, and again, I shit. I voted for Bill at the end of the day because I thought that Bill, while like. This was one of the few times where I thought, like, actually bringing in, like, the outside stuff into it actually helped me appreciate it with the wording of the question of best action scene because they there were a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that made it really, really awesome. Plus the actual, like, evolution he was talking about with Jaws and bringing him in and the, the fight and uh, the, just, like, all of Chadwick's stuff against it with, like, the editing not working and the stunt double. I thought Bill countered that pretty well, but stunt doubles are bad too. And I thought Bill's closing was actually pretty strong of saying like, yours rests on a joke. Like it's fine. Like it's not bad, but it's just like not as cool or awesome as this. But I thought Chadwick did a really good job of explaining that like the different um, stuff about like how his scene like impacts the rest of the movie and there's, but like that didn't, that doesn't affect the best action scene to me, uh, but I thought it was a good point. Uh, but yeah, I went with Bill. I don't know if I'm crazy. Kirk, am I crazy? This was really tough. Um, this okay, could have went either way. I think it bums me out that this is the last prep question because I think both these guys hit their stride on this one, um, and I think they both did a really good job. Um, what makes it which that makes it hard because you have to cling to something. <laughs> Um, and ultimately, uh, Bill, I don't hate you, but I did go with Chadwick. I know again <laughs> because um, what I, I, I kind of took it from a different perspective that you did, uh, Tim. I was uh, because the what I what I clung to um, because they both did such a great job describing their scene and you know talking about you know they were both really excited about it and you know kind of got me excited about it. Um, Bill put so much focus on the behind the scenes stuff. And I think what what went for me was how Chadwick was able to take that and say, "Well, here's how that actually hurts your scene." Um, so that's that's what I was leaning on. Um, but they both did this. Like I said, this is the best boat fight for both of them. And uh, Brian, where are you going and why? So I, I agree. I think they both did a good job on this one, especially. I mean, there obviously are a little bit of similarities in some of their arguments, but I I think that at the end of the day, it came down to how they were kind of attacking the other people's I, I went with Bill on this one. Um, I think that, uh, that I, I liked how, how Bill was talking about, you know, the, just the, everything they did to make this scene happen. And uh, when Chadwick would attack him saying, you know, they took all these dailies and, you know, they had to edit them all together. I'm like, well, that that's filmmaking. And then when he, you know, talks about, he, he will, he attacks him about how the, the stunt doubles don't look like the people. But then when you talk about, he talks about his own movie with the really bad green screen says, Oh, that's just tongue in cheek and intentional. So I didn't really buy that angle. Oh, of it. Yeah. So I went with Bill. That's a fair point. All right. So that means we are tied up two to two. We are going to go on to a bonus question. Here's how this is going to work, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I have randomized uh, between the world of fandom and war zone. Um, and then in whatever world was randomized, I've randomized a category. That is going to be the category that you are going to get a question from. I'm going to read the question. Once I have read said question, uh, I will read it again a second time. After I have said it the second time, you can then answer the question. Whoever answers the question first will be going first. 
um, you will each have 45 seconds and then 30 seconds. So whoever answers first will get 45. The second player will get 45. Then the first player, 30. Then the second player, 30. And then we will judge you. Uh, so do you guys have any questions about how this is going to work? Nope. Okay. Um, then we'll get into it. The uh, side of fan zone that was uh, randomized was the war zone side. And the category, interested to see how we feel about this, was Oscars. Uh, the question is, what is the best performance to win the best actor Oscar in the 2010s? 2010s. Can we do research? You can I look like, at fucking who yes, won these awards? Thank you. You can. You can. <laughs> You said best actor, correct? So again, the question is, what is the best performance to win the Oscar for best actor in the 2010s? I'll say uh, Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln. Okay. I'll take Matthew McConaughey in the Dallas Buyers Club. Okay. All right, so uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln versus Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club. I'm going to take the judges off screen. I'm going to stay on screen to give you guys your countdowns. Uh, so Chadwick, you get 45 seconds when you start talking. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is like one of the greatest actors ever. You know, this dude disappears into a role. You know, he definitely uh, defines like method acting. I think he does the best job of anybody I've ever seen uh, do like a, a period piece biopic like this. He encapsulates Lincoln. He basically takes him over. He's the best part of that movie. Just a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of talking in this movie and he makes it interesting. He basically has all of these great speeches with the backing of like the Spielberg uh, music that I just think is so excellent. Um, you know, he has so much chemistry with everybody in this movie um, that just like, I, I don't know, it's just like something about him. Just he gets that really like, you know, the voice of, of Lincoln. I just think he perfectly does does this job right. perfectly. Uh, Bill, 45 seconds when you start talking. It's amazing that this is the first and only time that Matt McConaughey was nominated for Best Actor and he won it on his first try uh, because if you want to talk about disappearing into a role, he looks damn near unrecognizable. He looks like The Walking Dead in this movie. Um, I cried watching this film. He owns every scene he's in. He proves in this just how much he can put into a role when he tries and he is trying his damnedest here. It is just so emotional. He is so good. He made walking sack of sentient garbage Jared Leto actually compel like like somebody I actually felt sorry for. That is not an easy thing to do. That is when you know you're bringing your A game. It is just a wonderful story. He earned every inch of that Oscar that he got in this one. Barna. Time. All right, Chadwick, 30 seconds. I mean, I just think Jared Leto basically uh, does what Daniel Day does in that movie. He just lo gets lost in that role and just outshines Matthew McConaughey in ev like every scene that I've seen. Um, and he was the only one that was talked about in that the most, you know, even though Matthew, Matthew did win the uh, the Oscar. But Daniel Day just he disappears in this role. 
you know, he just works off of everybody. So, and then he also brings everybody up in that movie as well. Um, you know, all of the side actors and stuff. And it's just, I've never seen a performance like that. It's so brilliant. Um, he was Lincoln in that role, in that movie. All right, Bill, 30 seconds. At no point in time did I forget I was watching Daniel Day-Lewis play Lincoln. The whole time I was like, wow, Daniel Day-Lewis is doing a really good job playing Lincoln. The entire time watching Dallas Buyers Club, I'm like, are we sure that's actually Matthew McConaughey sometimes? Because he looks completely just, just destroyed. And what an awesome job he does in this. Uh, like, it is just, it is heartbreaking to watch. When you can get me to cry and, like, actually just, like, be upset at what you're doing, that's how I know you're doing a good job. Because I am dead inside. And, my God, I cry my eyes out for this man. Oh boy. Okay. Well, that was pretty good. Um, fuck. Um, okay. And Brian's like ready to go. Um, am I the only one struggling? Kirk, are you struggling? I knew it is. Too. This is tough. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, mine was an easy choice. I just made one. Oh, <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh this That's is why I fucking love you, Brian. Yeah, I fucking you get it, asshole. <sighs> okay. I got it. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure that I do, but Brian, we're going to start with you. Well, uh, the first thing I like that, that Bill stayed true to himself and, and used a little of what little time he had to, to, you know, trash on Jared Leto because y'all got to have a little, you know, Bill, Bill has to always be trashing something in his debates. Um, so I respect that. Um, I also liked liked everything you said about how Matthew is unrecognizable and how you know was really doing a good job acting. Um, I end up I did go with Chadwick though, because I thought that uh, he did better in what little time he had of explaining to me how you know he just became Lincoln. He was Lincoln. He convinced you that it was him, and how he also elevated everybody else in the cast along with him. I. <laughs> I agree and disagree with Brian. Um, the reason this was so tough with me is because they their points just like kept canceling each other out for me. So Chadwick says that Lincoln is or that Daniel Day is um, unrecognizable as Lincoln. Then Bill says Matthew McConaughey is just completely transformed himself into this character and you don't see that it's him. Okay, those kind of cancel each other out. And Bill makes a point while shitting on Jared Leto, saying he even made me care about Jared Leto, which means he elevated a bad actor into a good actor. But then Chadwick talked about Daniel Day elevating everybody else in Lincoln. And so the, the thing that I ended up clinging with, and again, I swear to God, I don't hate you, Chadwick, is the reason <laughs> I went with Bill at the end of the day was because there were all those things canceling each other out, and then Bill was able to explain to me in a very short amount of time, but yet very concisely, how this performance 
was not only great because of the transformation and everything, but it created an emotional response that caused something. And I didn't really hear anything like that from Chadwick about the Lincoln performance, other than that he's amazing in the movie, he transformed himself, but that's it, you know, and he elevated people, but that's it. There was nothing outside of just he's really good in the movie, whereas Matthew McConaughey was able to create an emotional experience. And I think that's important. And that was the one like big differing thing that I heard. This was really fucking tough. This was to me, this, this, this was rough uh, in that way. So Kirk, you get to decide this one. Where are you going? I hate you guys. I really wish you just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, Yeah. This is really tough. Cause same, same thing you said, Tim. I mean, they're, 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 you know, punches back and forth and it was, it was neck and neck um again especially in a short round like this you have to cling to something um and i think one person was more focused on the performance and bill when it counted you got to vote i went with wow. you um and the reason and again i hate to hang up on something so minute but you have to in a, in a round like this um what it came down to was even though i did i disagreed with some of bill's points um, I couldn't bring my personal feelings into it. Bill was performance, 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 performance. From Chadwick, I heard directing, I heard music. Uh, so the fact that he got off that track a little bit, got on, you know, Bill directed him to the Jared Leto thing. Um, I, I, I think Bill just when they, you know, when when you know, like Tim said, the points were kind of the same. Bill just hammered home a little bit more for me than than Chadwick did. So um, had to go with him on that one. All right. Well, that means your winner is Bill Cariola. So uh, we are going to go into post-match interviews. We're going to kick it off with Chadwick. Chadwick, really great job. Like I said, I don't want you to think I hate you. I don't. I, I thought you did that. really, really great. And I would love to see you back in fan zone debate because I think that you're very talented. You did a really, really great job here. Um, and I, I I can't stress enough how, how well I think you did. Um, how are you feeling about the the performance overall? Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to win in like my first like debut, whatever, um, in this uh, league. Um, I, I like the league. I like the questions. Actually, playing was like way different than watching. Go figure. Um, yeah. But like um, the questions, I think, are very interesting. They're just different than what I'm used to. I think it's very interesting that Bill won like his strengths and I won mine. Yeah. So you know, I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, and when it came down to it, you know, I agree with everything you guys said, um, you know, with the, the, what do you call it, the speed rounds, um, you know, I think it was a very tight one. And, um, you know, I, I, I tried, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things um, where, you know, I'm like, you know, maybe if I should have just said, oh, and Abraham Lincoln made me cry in that movie and maybe I got the point. <laughs> but, um, you know, that being said, um, you know, Bill is who he is. Um, he uh, he's passionate. He says what's on his mind, um, and you know, never change Bill. Um, it was really fun uh, facing him. Definitely, congratulations to him. I would be very excited to return. Um, now that I have the experience of fighting these specific kinds of questions, I can kind of like maybe adapt to what people want to hear more and like, you know, yeah, change, change up my arguments a little bit, but yeah, I thought I did a, a pretty great job and um, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate you being on the show and I would love to have you back. Uh, great job today, Chadwick. And let's move over to 
our winner, uh, Bill Cariola. Bill, uh, great job tonight. Um, you, you won your debut match. Um, you had a couple questions there that were there were very very close to me, and 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 you eked it out. Uh, and now you are going to move on to uh, the, your next opponent. How are you feeling about this matchup? Glad it's over. I'm glad that I have to do any fucking Harry Potter scream fucking horseshit anymore. I'm going to cleanse my palate of this nonsense. I'm going to get a beer. I'm going to sit by my TV. I'm going to watch Brain Smasher, a love story, because I need to watch something with some class. So, yes! Harry <laughs> Hatcher yeah. and Jess Clay. Fuck you, let's do it! Yeah. That's how I am. How are you? It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> I should probably keep it down a little bit. <laughs> I definitely woke up some neighbor kid. What what are you what are you gonna do, Bill, if your next opponent drafts Wizarding World? Um <laughs> uh, just to be clear, I will be blocking a lot of people on all social media after this moment. <laughs> just for my own safety. Um do what I did the last time. Call my be- call one of my best friends and his wife. Because they love Harry Potter. And that's what my Harry Potter fans like, hey, fucking explain to me what fucking Patronus means. Is that like patchouli or something? <laughs> All right, Bill. Well, uh, you are going to be moving on to the next I know. One. I'm actually crazy. Can you believe that? I, I fucking never thought I'd live this long. So, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be moving on to the next match to play uh, somebody that we already – we. <laughs> We totally know who won this match that aired a couple weeks ago. Like, of course, we've already shot it and everything. Like, we really we know who you're playing because you're gonna play either Brooklyn Vale or Tanner Hansen, and we know which one of them won. So, but just just humor me, Bill. Which one of them would you rather play? I mean, Brooklyn's my friend. I don't know who Tanner is. Is that the Umbop guy? <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> Bill, uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, we'll see you uh, soon for the next match. Looking forward to it. Um, Kirk, why don't we get some final thoughts from you? Yeah, um, two strong debuts. Uh, like I said, they they both started to hit their stride towards the end there. Um, definitely want to see Chad will come back. Um, I think he's definitely got some potential. Uh, and Bill, I think he did a good job of fighting his fight, and that's why he won. Uh, ultimately, I think he, you know, he knows how to to to, to uh, play the game that he wants to play. Um, so he's going to be dangerous too. I'm looking forward to that next match. Uh, you know, whoever it is, even though we know who it is. And Brian, final thoughts from you? Well, I mean, any video that ends the reference to Brain Smasher love story is a good one. You know, so you got to enjoy that. That's just that's just true, Bill, right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I think that, like you said, they I think they hit their stride more. Like as it went on, I think that has to do with just debut matches and anything. Because like, especially when they got to that, you know, the last couple rounds, they hit their stride. And I think part of that's because they started, you know, instead of interrupting each other and talking over each other and arguing, they're like actually forming their own separate arguments and actually working that way. And I thought that worked very well for them. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us today at a fan zone debate. Uh, be sure to check out some other matches coming up next week or two weeks from now, rather. Uh, we are going to have Adelaide Spence is returning to the ring uh, to go against Joe Farrelly. Uh, and then we're going to see all these debut people that we've seen over the last uh, eight weeks or so come back uh, to play each other. So that's going to be fun. And then uh, we got a lot of fun stuff. So I'm just really looking forward to it. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you to Brian and Kirk. And uh, thank you to Chadwick and Bill. We will see you guys real soon with the next match. And until then. Have a good one.
go. Thank you very much. Please come again. We have a lot more groceries.